Our first reading from the Word of God is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, and also serves as the basis for our message today. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength." Our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, beginning with verse 31. Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and, and invite you in, or, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. 
I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Thus far our reading from the Word of God. Well, brothers and sisters, once again, the blessing from Philippians chapter 1 is our blessing. Grace and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And those words are so important throughout the book of Philippians and throughout our lives that the grace of Jesus Christ, the peace of Jesus Christ are ours. Well, today we're going to be looking at the joy of assistance and what it means to not only ask for help, but to receive help. And not only receiving it, but also to give help, to know that that this is what we do as the body of Christ as we help one another. Now, there have undoubtedly been times in your life when you've needed to ask for help, right? Times when you got in over your head and and you knew it was the time to ask for assistance. You knew that you had to wave the white flag. I'm not even talking about those those most difficult seasons of life. I'm talking about just, just specific times when you learn that you're just a finite human being. For me, one of those times was the first time I I decided to change my oil on my car. First time giving myself uh, my car an oil change. And I, I, well, I messed it up pretty miserably. Um, I went under the car. I was probably 17 years old or so, and I had helped my dad do this before. But I went under the car, and I I took the oil filter off before I drained the oil pan. Now, for those of you that know, know probably far more about cars than I do, you know right away what happened. The oil dripped all over me, and I was coated in oil. And so I had to figure out how to stop it, and I got the oil filter put back on there. And then I went inside because I couldn't figure out what mistake I'd made, and I was like covered in oil. And I found my dad, and right away my dad started laughing at me. And I said, Dad, you know, I really need your help because I knew I was in over my head. My dad, I really need your help. And so my dad came out and helped me. Of course, not before he he zinged me just a little bit and said, boy, it's really good that you're going to be a pastor because you're certainly not going to make it as a mechanic. But then he helped me and, and he taught me, right, about the right way to do it. And he watched to make sure that I did it the right way. And, and that day, you know, I experienced both what it meant to be helped and I experienced the joy of being helped, right, of knowing, knowing that this was a, a way for, for me to learn and for me to grow and for my oil to get changed in the car, And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that moment in your life. And I want you to apply it to those more difficult seasons of life. Those times when when you were in over your head and you knew it and it was time to wave the white flag. Did you ask for help? Some won't. Some won't ask for help because, because they don't want to be a burden to the people around them. And some won't ask for help because they think that it will show some type of weakness in them. And there are all sorts of other reasons, but some just won't ask for help. You know what, that's, that's not God's intent. That, that's not God's plan for us. God's plan is that we would work as a body of Christ, that, that we would work together, each part doing its job, each part serving one another so that we can not only be helped, but that we can help and so that our needs can be provided for us, so that we, we can actually experience the joy of assistance. 
And did you know that if you did ask for help and those moments when you do ask for help, you're a blessing not only to yourself, but to the one that you're asking to help you? Did you know that that's a joy of seeing the complete picture of assistance? You know, that's exactly what, what's happening here in Philippians chapter 4. As we get to see both sides of that. We get to experience the joy of assistance. And, and the people in Philippi to whom Paul is writing, there is an underlying problem there. And the problem is that people need to be helped. It's not just the people of Philippi. It's actually Paul himself who needs to be helped. Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians from imprisonment in Rome. Now, as soon as I say imprisonment in Rome, you probably right away think of bars and dungeons. Well, think less of bars and dungeons and think more of house arrest. See, Paul is under house arrest from a rented home in Rome that he had rented. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an easy situation by any means, but it also wasn't hard labor. It wasn't the dungeons. Paul would likely have had uh, a guard who was chained to him at all times during the day, someone who was close by to make sure that he didn't flee. But other than that, he was, he was free to move about the house. He had his basic needs. He was allowed access to all of his friends and so on. But there was always a guard there. And he was under house arrest and not able to freely move about. It was restrictive. It wasn't what Paul wanted. He wanted to be out and about spreading the gospel and sharing the good news. But here he was under house arrest. And in this situation, Paul needs help. Paul needs help. But not just Paul. The people of Philippi need help also. The people of Philippi have experienced all sorts of things in life and all sorts of of challenges In fact, we don't see them expressly stated here, but they're underlying all that Paul is writing about. It's not difficult to sniff them out. In fact, if you just look at these verses that we have before us and you start with verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Why does he give that admonition? Well, it's probable that there wasn't a lot of joy in their midst. And then he continues. He says, look, don't be anxious. This is verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation with prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. Don't be anxious about anything. And what's Paul telling them? Well, he's telling them that no matter what fear they are experiencing, that they can pray to the Lord. You see, we can see this underlying problem that's there, this anxiety that is there, this fear that is in their midst. And then the next one, verse 7, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's a wonderful blessing, isn't it? Why does Paul offer that blessing to the people? Isn't it because there's not a lot of peace in their midst? And so Paul offers what God alone can provide. He gives them this gift of peace. And then he continues, verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, excellent, praiseworthy, whatever is, is in this category of things of God, and of what God has provided for you, think about these things. And again, what's underlying that? But that there are lots of things that are, are assailing the Philippians from all around. Their thoughts are on worldly things. They're inside their own heads and worry and fear. So Paul says, look, get those things out of your mind. Instead, focus on these things. Focus on the things that God is doing for you. Paul's writing to a people who need to be helped. And we we see in this the way that Paul is pouring out his heart to the people and he's acknowledging the situation in which they find themselves. Paul isn't above acknowledging human emotions. Paul isn't above acknowledging difficult situations. On the contrary. On the contrary, Paul tells how difficult life's situations can be. 
Paul knows that because he's experienced it himself. Right? See what, what Paul is saying to them. See how Paul is, is acknowledging the support that they have given him in those most difficult moments. He, he says this, verse 10. I rejoiced greatly that at last you renewed your concern for me. I rejoiced greatly. There's that joy word again, isn't there? And so he says, look, this is why I rejoice. This is what brings me this contentment and this peace and this happiness in the Lord that joy is. What brings me this joy is what you have done for me. Right? I rejoiced greatly that at last you renewed your concern for me. You are thinking of me. And it matters to Paul that the church in Philippi is caring for him. It matters to Paul that the church of Philippi is thinking of him. And so then he goes on. He says, indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. He knows that this is always true, but now it has become true in the way that they've expressed it for him. And Paul experiences it. And Paul knows that they're caring for his physical needs and that they care for him as a person. And then Paul, he seems to shift gears a little bit. And he says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And he says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I am content in any and every circumstance. Why? Because I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. As you see, he shifts gears just a little bit. He shifts gears and says, no matter what my physical condition is, I am content and complete in Jesus. I know what my eternity is. I know what Jesus Christ has done for me. I know that all things are in God's hands. That's Paul's perspective. And so it's not that he's fixating on his physical problems. No, instead he is he's looking at them through the perspective of Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done for him. And this is his foundation. This is his strength. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. He receives strength from knowing Jesus Christ and knowing what Jesus has done for him. He receives strength in knowing that God is his assistance. And what has God provided for him? But the thing which no one else could. The assistance that allowed him to come out of this bondage of sin. The forgiveness of sins which was earned for him by Jesus. And that, that is his strength. And that is the gift which God has given to him. And then from that foundation of strength, he goes back to speaking of his physical needs. And I know it's not part of our reading for this morning. It's not part of our reading for today. But verse 14, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Right? He right away goes back to commending them to, to the moment where they have cared for him, where they've thought of him. He goes back to that. From his position of strength, he thanks them for sharing in his troubles. Paul knows what it is to be helped. And he knows that he has received the help he needs, both physically and temporally from the Philippians and eternally from the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And he knows that both of them are gifts of God. And Paul experiences the joy of assistance. Paul isn't alone. Paul is one who needs to be helped. And so he can say to all who need to be helped, do it. Ask for help. Ask for what Jesus can alone provide, the forgiveness of sins. Ask for what you need in this world and in this life. So that's the word for us today. To ask from a position of strength, from knowing that our foundation is secure in Jesus Christ, and to ask. Ask a brother and sister to assist you in your hour of need. 
You know, when we start thinking about things that way, we have a different perspective on them. And I want to add to that just a little bit more. And I want you to think about this. When you won't ask for assistance from a brother or sister, you're actually stealing stewardship. We're not allowing that person to do what God has uniquely gifted them to do. And God wants them to do what he's uniquely gifted them to do. He wants his body to care for itself. He wants others to experience the joy of assistance. And I, and I want to talk about that for a second, the joy of assistance from the other side. Because up until now, we've been talking about receiving assistance. And that's important for us. But it's also important for us in those seasons of life that we're not needing assistance, that we provide assistance for other people. In fact, what's the statement we like to say? It's better to give than to receive. Well, that's from the Bible, you know. That's actually from Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, 35, to be specific. It is better to give than to receive. And we know that to be true. And it's a joy to be the one who assists. In fact, we have as an example Jesus Christ himself. Jesus sets the example in the assistance that he gives. And how does he assist? How does he give forgiveness? But by earning it himself, and it cost him dearly. In fact, it was the sacrifice of his life on the cross for us. The sacrifice of his life on the cross for Paul. You say, well, that doesn't sound like much joy. But I want to remind you of the Bible verse that Pastor Dan used last week from Philippians, I'm sorry, from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Who for the joy set before him, talking about Jesus, scorned, he scorned the wrath of the cross. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross on our behalf. That's what Jesus Christ did for the joy set before him. And so doesn't that doesn't that show us a different picture of assistance? And doesn't that inform the way that we experience joy and the way that we give the joy of assistance when we assist other people? It teaches us two really important things that in the spirit of Jesus, we can assist. And that even in the spirit of Jesus, when we help others in their time of need, it might mean sacrifice on our behalf. And yet in that moment, there is joy. There's joy because it's better to give than to receive. It's better for us to experience the gift of being able to help someone else and to be part of that complete picture, the joy of assistance. I mean, how many times have I heard that from people? How many times have I heard people say, I went to help and I helped and I ended up receiving so much more in return? It's a, it's a common response for people who've been on short-term mission trips, for example. People who say, oh, I went to help those people. And they ended up giving me so much more in return. It's better to give than to receive. It completes the experience. It completes the joy of assistance. And as we acknowledge that, we understand how wonderful this is. As God gives his body to work, or as God empowers and gifts his body to work in its unique way, to do what it is uniquely called to do. It's like, it's like seeing the, the athlete whose body works in perfect sync giving them the ability to do what they are uniquely gifted to do. Uh, gratuitous Michael Jordan reference here, right? It's watching Michael Jordan dunk a basketball and knowing that he's uniquely in tune to do that. His body is our body, the body of Christ of which we are a part, is uniquely tuned to experience the joy of assistance. And both the one being helped and the one helping, the one assisting and the one receiving assistance, both get to experience joy and it's wonderful. And I want to illustrate this for you. 
I want to illustrate this for you in a, in a real-world example. And I could tell you the story, but I wasn't present when it happened. It's the story of Joey and Michelle Johnson and of their first dance at their, marriage, at their wedding. I wasn't there. Pastor Dan was. He's the one who did that wedding. But I actually want you to hear it from Joey and Michelle and the, the joy that they experienced that day. And I want you to hear it in their own words. It goes like this. I remember you, I had to be handed off to you because I was leaning forward so far. Oh, are you? I remember being in shock, <laughs> a total surprise, and being, I remember the moment when I was able to look at him in the eyes, and I hadn't been able to do that in a couple years, so it was a very special moment. It's very bad, but you do know this is a dance you can't sway. <laughs> yeah, well, I just sat there and held you because it was so special. And I kind of forgot every, everyone around. Like, didn't you? I don't even remember anybody else being there. And when we checked out the venue, I saw the rafters were set up. And I was like, you know, with all the training that between all of us military guys have, we could probably rig something up to make it work. And it worked perfectly. My friends beforehand, um, they did a lot of work just to look at this and to pre-plan and go through everything. And assist you in the moment? Yeah. They needed their assistance? And I think Pastor Dan said it best. And he said it gives a whole new meaning to having your back. Because they were literally holding me up. Well, you couldn't do it without them. They just got home from Afghanistan. And they have your back. Yep. Today, they still do. You pulled off the surprise of a lifetime. I'll never forget it. What a... What a wonderful picture of two people who have experienced the joy of assistance. And not only them, but we also who see it, who see that picture and who get to experience just a little glimpse of it for ourselves and, and allow it to remind us the way that God is calling his body to be. Of the body of Christ using its unique gifts and talents and abilities to care for one another so that the one who is assisted and the one who assists both experience joy so that all together might experience the joy of assistance for the glory of Jesus Christ and for our good. Amen.